show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Face Hammer episode 94. It's me, Russ the Face. I'm joined by Byron. I was going to say horrible, but I won't. Adler's. Say something horrible. <laughs> I was going to call you Rudolph. <laughs> That's fine. Please call me Rudolph anyway. Take them piss off. Let's get it it's not December yet, so like, wait till December. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If it's Hopefully, I'll be healed by then. Should, shouldn't be red yeah. by then. Um, no, I'm just glad I haven't got a red nose. It'd be like blinding for people so big. You have to get some sort of filter on or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so we thought we'd do a show and talk about. Has been an exciting announcement today with uh, Broken Realms. So we thought we'd cover yeah. that. Super exciting. Um, and we've got a, um, a sort of Dan put up an article, well, Warhammer Community put out an article written by Dan about the meta watch for AOS. Um, so yeah, we figured cool. we'd have a look through that. Um, we've got some, we went to, obviously, we played a one day kind of hangout and play with some mates, um, you know, Socially a couple weeks distanced. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Socially distanced. In, in Carl's in humongous case. garage that's bigger than my house. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I've played, I've played so, a smaller venue, like, yeah. uh, like one day of tournaments in Carl's garage. It's like ridiculous. I know, so jealous. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about our Breakfast uh, gaming day where there was our uh, six of us playing. Uh, I've cool. already covered what I did there with Sons of Bear Map, but we're gonna talk about what uh, Byron and Les got up to. And one of the things I thought was really interesting was. Uh, Dave's uh, army list, which is his flesh eater quartz army list using feast day, and I thought some might say that's the only interesting thing about Dave. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually one of our friends, so it was so, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not us being horrible about somebody. Um, so, I am. Yeah, it's horrible about everyone. So two thirds of us are not being horrible about Dave. Yeah, but that's actually correct. It's a, it's like a free plus not to be horrible. So uh, <laughs> if you're on a one or a two, you get Les. Sorry. I know from my I know from my war dances, from my war docs on the weekend, exactly how reliable that is. So poor Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like Locus, right? 100% of the time works all the time. Always. Every time. Um, always works. 60% of the time. Every time. <laughs> um, so we, we figured we'll start off and we'll, we'll do a yeah. bit of chatting now. We went on Warhammer Weekly last week. So it was great yeah, that for was fun. Vince to have yeah, us thank on. Thank you very much, Vince. It was lovely. Yeah. Very nice to be on there. Yeah. Thanks for people who tuned in and watched us. Um, and if you're watching us from that, then we do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> that our English sense of humour may have uh, come across slightly differently uh, for people who don't know us. Um, but yeah, we, we also got a little bit ambushed by the question of shout some stuff out because we weren't prepared at all. Um, yeah. So, disclaimer. I had a really good idea that I didn't know what the name of it was. Yeah, Byron was like, I know this thing I want to talk about, but I have no idea. Because, <sighs> um, you know, contrary to popular belief, we don't actually spend an awful lot of time on social media checking stuff out. Um and and you know our mental spaces we forget things quite easily <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, so much info but we figured what we'd do is we'd actually 
stuff we could have shout out or should have shouted out we actually do here um so i think we'll start off and we'll just we'll mention a few of the models from discord uh talk about those uh so we've got a discord community um which the links in our channel profile wherever you're finding it um uh, or you Some can just, lovely stuff being shared at the moment. Struggling, you can at us and we'll tell you, or you can post in the comments, whatever. Um, but yeah, so the Discord link's on our YouTube video anyway, on our channel banner. <clears throat> um, but there's a lot of nice models and people sharing things, so we figured we would pick out some of the recent nice things that have been shared and uh, put them on the show. So, you know, a sort of regular shout-out to the Discord stuff. So if you want your stuff shared join the discord post pictures and we might if, share you want, yeah, if you just want feedback as well if it's not about getting out there it could be the you want to know how to do leather better or gold better or you want a faster way to do someone else's paint job like it's a great community and the people there really know their stuff so fantastic resource for kind of improving your hobby and enjoying it yeah so i figured we would go for uh, if i can find the the correct thing aha there we go so um We'll start off, uh, we'll talk about Martin Orlando's... I don't know if I'm going to get this right. Is this a Stone Mage Mason? It's a Stone Mage conversion. He's done. Conversion. It's, uh, his, yeah, he's using... It's part of his, the narrative that he's doing for his Lumina for Armored Army. Uh, I forget the, the the name. He's like named his characters and, and called it like... John. The, the, John, yeah. Fred. John, the Stone uh, Mage. Uh, the, he's done Dave. like a load of narrative <laughs> behind it all. Don't, never go full Dave. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think he did a really good job. It like inspired me to sort of like rip the conversion idea um, and do my own stone mage, which I, I based on the Farseer model, whereas he's based on the Aldrad Orthon, I believe. Looking yeah. at the model, I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's a solid spot. It's the thing is the stone yeah. mage is such a distinctive model. The moment you've got more than one, like you've got two in there, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's too obviously two of exactly the same type of thing quite easily because it's such yeah. a distinctive. Like, what nurse has ever had that silhouette in Warhammer before? And silhouettes matter more than what's there in detail across the table. So I think it's it's going to be quite a common thing for people to have one of the original because it's cool as hell. Yeah. And then to do something a little bit different. Yeah. And the Eldar range is a great place to go or like high elf mage kits or even huge mage, human mage kits with head swaps or stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, like Byron said, it's just, it is very obvious what you're doing if you've got two of those in the same army. Like they just look it's like so distinct. Um, and, and also like you almost want to, for me, like if you're trying to be competitive, like the Stone Mage is like a linchpin to a lot of the the Luminous lists that I've been looking at. So you're going to want it as a, uh, a like you, for me, it'd be like it's very obvious where it is. So like I've tried to keep mine on the same sort of size because like I've converted one and it's kind of on that sort of like the the egg thing that he stood on. Um, so he's still the same sort of like height because it'd yeah. be quite easy to like hide him otherwise, you know. Which is what I should have done to put it on like a really small base and like a fox hit it don't do that. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't email don't do that, guys. So don't listen to Les. We don't do that. That's mean. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Martin has you built his base up quite a lot, um, and it's quite a nice paint job. So I quite like the bluish grey hair and the runes down the yeah. side. It's done really nice and the orange. The skin's really well considered. It's, yeah, I think it's a lovely pairing. There's a lot of colour going on in here. You've got like green, orange, purple, blue, white. You know, gold. It's all very. Um, 
and it's sort of tied in with the base as well we've got like the orange leaves and things like that so yeah really cool um he, he obviously for face him a worldwide one i think a category of his dawn riders i believe the uh, unit, unit wasn't it yeah. yeah yeah um so yeah look army's coming on really nicely but this is his latest thing that he posted so just wanted to share that with everyone because i think that's awesome um and then we had a shadespire warband done by hook and pin which is it christine i think yeah christine off of the internet of twitter yeah i so think he's hook and pin web on twitter yeah and she uh i think she did this for her husband actually but um yeah quite an effective um look of these i quite like there's a very pale sort of aphomatic blue skin um and and i really i don't know what it is but i really like the water like base where the yeah. branch is like causing ripples where he's on on the branch and it's causing like the little ripples to go through but yeah these are like the beast grave like uh yeah the wanderers set, they? yeah they will have a proper name but don't ask me what it is <laughs> yeah. so the cool elf models from like the ones that domus mm-hmm. was going like mad for uh in Elf blood woods sworn kin yeah. <laughs> woodkin something like that <laughs> yeah why not yeah. um with a with a little cat, so uh, yeah, so they're really cool. Um, nice to see the sort of shade spire as well, or un- yeah, underworlds, I should say. Always call it shade, shade spire. spire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Jim, I've been doing some stormcast, which are in a concept sort of style with uh, almost like stone with lots of OSL. But I really like the OSL he's done on the particularly on the vials on the belts. I think they're it's yeah. really nice. So it's like stormcast, isn't it? Um, same as sort of like I know Matt Watkinson did like Stone to Darkness didn't he as well yeah. which is a very similar sort of style and <coughs> so then only, quite well to it only really works on like kind of majority X or majority X and Y models if you're going to go with yeah. it and they're a really good range for that you can't pull that off with I don't know um, uh, the new elves it, it just isn't a thing and also they're quite fragile if you are going to do some of the techniques that are associated with it so Stormcast really lend themselves as do Chaos um, the Chaos Knights at least mm. slays the darkness to that type of stuff. Yeah, I don't. Are they like deep? Kin? I don't know what weapons are. They are they deepkin daggers? I think I don't know. But they've like, got gorgeous shaped ones. The deepkin. Yeah, they're like they're like um look like little like curved dirks. The evil. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty cool. Um. So yeah, we thought we'd um we'd we'd just share those from our Discord. Um, and I believe um we also want to talk about some of the stuff that you wanted to shout out. Right, Byron. So yeah, absolutely. So should we start with bloody orcs, or should we start with woody elves? Bloody orcs sounds like a good idea. Bloody, bloody orcs. orcs. Um, yeah. Let me just get my my browser sorted out so I can actually show these off. Ah, uh, there we go. Winner. Worries. So inconveniently, I couldn't find the direct source of these. Um, it was a tweet shared by Lovo, and then I tried to do some Facebook stalking because um, it's been credited. But um, I couldn't go back, and that's uh, it's just one of the joys of the internet. But I love these, and I'm not sure if I've ever seen that much blood used on an army level that effectively. I also think it's quite a nice, not yet, segue into what we're going to be talking about in particular ways that you could do fast daughters stuff. Mm. Um, I just think they're super effective. And then the fact that there's a face shot in there, I'm not sure if you can bring that one yeah, up I've got us, that but yeah. the face shot is just... Like it, it's not like it's been done as an excuse to get away with murder elsewhere. It looks really well considered, and um, he's not managed to make the like mixing snow with this level of extreme effect, like the blood effects rather than painting, to look like blood. 
Um, I just don't think I've seen it balanced this well, but there's a lot of it. Normally that, the problem is there's a lot of it, it's too much. That face is just nuts. The fact you've got like pink around the eyes, you can actually see almost like the iris and the pupil and oh, it's great. on the yeah. eyes, but like a white dot where the light would reflect. Yeah, the mottled just, element on the teeth as well. Like, I think they just looks I mean, totally it's crazily good. Like, to paint the, the a face to that level. Yeah, and, and then have the balls to, like, screw it up with, potentially, uncontrollably mm-hmm. with other techniques is really cool. The shot of their backs is actually my favourite, I think. The, the face yeah. shot is kind of, that is, that's like the money shot of showing that he's actually gone the final, the final <laughs> length and, like, properly painted these to a high level. I like level, the fact their but... backs are quite clean because they've, <laughs> they've not got yeah. blood on them. <laughs> yeah. The, um, Obviously, yeah, the, they're the fighting mo- a single line. That's <laughs> 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 just... The, um, the logos on it, um, the insignias, they look really good. So I, I just I just think it's a really effective way of doing things. And it's the type of thing that I've had on my mind because I'm working on some alternate stuff at the moment. So rather than going and pursuing just me Googling like Chris painted turquoise or whatever else it is that I would normally search for, I'm trying to go outside of my comfort zone because I'm trying to paint different, weird, strange stuff. And therefore, I've been going back through things that I've liked in the past and... That is a nice segue to the next thing, which mm. is some very freaky looking elves. Yeah, I think those, just before we move on, those are from Will Han on Facebook. Couldn't find it directly, yeah. but thanks, Lovo, for putting that onto yeah. um, Twitter so we could share it with everyone. And yeah, um, well, yeah props to Will. Just want to say, gorgeous. amazing. Love it. Absolutely. If, um, if anyone, um, obviously, if people don't want to be easily found online, that's their right. But um, if anyone has a link to somewhere where there is a blog or anything like that, I would love to see more of things that look like that. I could lose hours trying to emulate that type of stuff. I think it's awesome. Um, yeah, and that probably brings us on to the next thing, right? Yeah. Oh, God, these are these are distinctive, right? This is the one that I wanted to link when we were on Vince's show. And uh, it's from Exprofundus, and it's just... It's just some really scary, characterful-looking, elfy warband type things. Um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, how, how do you how do you put this in a box apart from saying it looks like it's from a uh, like a fairy tale nightmare? If you go um, into the woods today, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like don't like go into the woods today. <laughs> swamp elves, doesn't he? Like he calls it like swamp elves on his tutorial, mm-hmm. like for his website. That's um, great. But, yeah, I just think they're really cool. Yeah, like, I, mean, I hope. The link we'll have as well is how you can emulate it because it's such a distinctive yeah. style and it's done really efficiently. But I, I, it's the type of thing you you look at and then you're like, oh, I want to go back and look. I want to go back and look. I want to yeah. go back and look. Yeah, and lots of clever airbrush work, isn't it? And for sure, yeah, the, and the, the sort of the colours down and the build is really. I love the basin. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to make stuff like that work without looking like crap and wet, in my opinion. Like it's mm. it's very difficult to pull off wet looking basing. In um in Age of Sigmar especially, I think can perhaps get away with it a bit more in 40k because there tends to be more contrast between like I don't know like metallic flooring and then puddles of slime or whatever. But um it looks great and it's also a very clever way to be able to get away with not having to do the world's most crisp conversions. You can have a really cool idea, take those components and put them together, and then you can hide some stuff in the recesses and get away with it a bit more. I'm not yeah. taking anything away from these because they're brilliant. I love them. Um, I, I just think it's it's a phenomenal resource, and the entire website is that good as well. Yeah, it's I think so alien to me as well. Like, I'd never be able to paint like that. It's just not my. It just doesn't. It just doesn't comprehend like work for me. Yeah, like, if I my paintings over here is so far over here that I just would never even like attempt it. 
yeah, I need to try. I want to try. So the reason I'm I'm looking at mm. both of these are very very stylized stuff. I guess you could kind of like Ben Savas work. It's it's, it's mm. got its own. You can put them in boxes, and they're very very different, and they're very very cool. I am going to try and emulate some of this, and I'll end up doing my own twist on it. But that is how I'd like my Beastman army to look. That yeah. type of not exactly that, but you know. and I think if if it's right, I don't I don't know, like if this is actually. I guess this is actually the guy who painted it, right? Is that right, or is it? There's a yeah. There's a link to his Twitter. Yeah, it's because I wasn't sure because it says the tutorials by by Jake Bruticus, so I don't know if that's that's a different. And his name's name the... Jake Osgar. Ah, uh, okay. It's because like I think that, yeah, on his so. profile it says that he's writing Black Library Horror, which would make complete yeah. sense looking at this. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, but Jake's, um, these are great. So thanks very much. We'll put a link in the comments. So have a look. Um, and uh, we, there's something as well, like, speaking of Ben Savage, like his, um, his stuff, I really like how he approaches projects like this sort of dark fantasy horror. Um, it's almost like the grim dark style that I really like for 40k. Um, which I think really translates well to Age of Sigma. Now it's gone a little bit more adult um, from the Definitely. old world Warhammer. A lot um, less red feathers in cap. Yeah, mm. you know, red red spears and goblin green bases and, you know, big, big puffy, puffy like clothing on Empire guys with big feathers. Flank, you know, like, yeah, yeah, flouncy, yeah. flouncy Bretonians and things like that. So uh, <laughs> I think it's... Less- um, you know, I think it's really cool that you know it, it's uh, that obviously that AOS has got such a a darkness to it in the in the narrative and and lots of spaces that can really be explored uh, on the edges. So things like this yeah. don't look like a million miles away from what you could see in a GW piece of art or book. So yeah, it's really cool. And it's cool. I think as it's well, a nice like, segue talking about because like obviously yes. I've a picture of one of his conversions in like that I think deserves a shout out because it's yeah, I think it's really just cool. bringing up on the screen now there we go there you go Take seamless it. seamless <laughs> uh, so yeah like Ben's just converted his own sort of like mountain I believe there yeah, and, yeah. unless he's using it as Avalonor because the Avalonor has normally got two hammers but I think they're like, using Selenar from Teclas his head um, you know the reposition just looks really cool you know ben's very always been quite sort of um quite adventurous with some of his conversions and stuff and i think he's doing a really good job i think as well with this army he's using the uh like a lot of stormcast female stuff so like i think it's he's using the secretaries and what are the uh the shooting guys the the, the shooting unit of stormcast that come out at the same time in dark um not the ones you never see castigators yeah he's uh, using the castigators as the archers so it's uh that'd be yeah. quite interesting be more enjoyable to paint as well i think that i think that looks awesome that's also in my opinion the best use for the head of that strange thing that you could ever had yeah yeah, yeah. it's brilliant it's, it's i do like the fact it looks like super arrogant like it's just hit the fairground Haughty. like the fairground bell thing and it's just yeah, it's yeah. just done really well, and, and it's, it's like yeah, follow that. Hit a ten, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ding, follow that. Um, no, really cool. Um, but anyway, so that's it. Now, I think we probably take a quick break, come back, and talk about Broken Realms Marathi. 
Want more Facehammer content? Then head over to YouTube and check out Facehammer TV. We've got lots more videos on there and lots more Warhammer Age of Sigmar content. So if you want to see some of the painting that we've done, make sure you go over and check it out. If you want to be part of our wider community, then we've got a Discord server for like-minded people who love AOS. The link to our Discord is in our profile on Twitter, it's also on our website and on our YouTube page. So make sure you click there and join the community to get involved. So we're going to talk about Broken Realms Marathi in this segment. Um, and just wanted to go through the article that went live today, I think. It was 28th of October yesterday. Yeah, today, yeah. Bye. It's, uh, I spotted it in the because uh, I didn't I don't get the emails I spotted this going live because I was on the uh, AOS Coach Discord and people were talking about it on there and I was like oh okay it's gone live cool yeah so uh, good place to be hop over check that Discord out from Ants Ant Space it's all good yeah, yeah so the um, the Broken Realms uh, article's gone up and there's this picture I think's been shown before and there's a little a little spoiler in this picture that was from the we did the uh the preview didn't we where they showed yeah, off shadow and Kane or what it's called and um it kind of no one really picked up on it but if you see in the picture marafi is stood in front of the big marafi coming out the yeah. blood cup um and there's a reason for that which if you go into the website you can you can see that but this article you can you can read it yourself but there's a cool video and i thought it might be a good idea is to play that video um so we'll play that Allies are akin to images, caught in a mirror, each side bound to the other, trusting each other, fighting for each other. The reflection is not the truth, for in a reflection there is balance. Your eyes are turned to the only enemy you can see, and the light of your divinity makes you blind to the shadow at your back. It makes you trust in old oaths and simple lies. have had your age. Now Godhood shall be mine! So that's cool. That's the video. Hopefully cool. that'll come out okay. I don't know if because I couldn't see what I was, what I was recording, so hopefully that'll come <laughs> out okay. Um, Having but, just rewatched it, it reminds me of one of those perfect like I could just imagine that being like a Warhammer perfume advert, you know, where like there's a load <laughs> of epic stuff being said, and then there's some like someone's coming out of like a Rolls Royce, and then there's like yeah. a party on a rooftop, and then suddenly you know like there's. I don't know, it's snowing and there's a wolf or something like that. Yeah, and it's like saying that, like, you can imagine them saying, like, essence of blood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to buy that. 
Like, <laughs> no, I, I, it's it's yeah. I mean, coming soon. Pheromones from Marathi. <laughs> snake skin. <laughs> you know, just M- musk of serpent blood. <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously, like this, I quite like the sort of the discordant kind of like violin building yeah. up. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds me a little bit of like one of those like um, when you watch like a film and at the end there's like that that kind of like montage reveal of building up to something um, where yeah. it's like they did this and this and this so it's quite it's quite cool but um, and it went well for nobody <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's quite interesting because she talks about like allies being like a mirror and not not quite being a true reflection and things like that and, and like when he's focusing obviously talk about Sigma focusing on on, on the darkness not looking at the shadow behind him so obviously yeah. it looks like Marafi's got obviously we know from the world of old that she wasn't a good per, a good thing so being order is no. a bit weird for me but um I guess but there is was, an order yeah, I guess as in like she has a, a heart was in the right place yeah but I think it's, it's more like, like plans isn't it like they have plans yeah, doesn't yeah. necessarily mean they're Sigmar's think, plans <laughs> I think she has to sit in order now though right because she's yeah. not deaf she's not chaos she's not the structure right so like they kind of go like well order is like a, a like a very big spectrum <laughs> I mm. think you know because like the deep can aren't good are they really when you think about it and they no I think like the way I look at it so, is like order is like having an agenda like not necessarily a good agenda but it's just having a plan and trying it, to build means, a civilization yeah it's like you're not chaos yeah, like, that's how I look at Warner. Like, like, and mean, you know what you want, and you know, you're yeah. still alive. Obviously, like Nagash yeah, is like the ultimate order general oh, because go. he wants to fucking <laughs> Nagash propaganda. He wants to kill like, everyone and, and unite and everyone, everyone to death. So he's, he's all about like unification. Death. It's fine. Yeah, okay. He just wants everyone yeah, to get along. Well, as as Vince was I saying, know his r- I rule. Yeah, it's no, it's fine slave. <laughs> as Vince was saying it's the Skaven holding everything together every time the world's about to end they have to come and do something almost by accident don't they lies, lies. they didn't mean yeah. to do <laughs> yeah they did they did kill Nagash sneaky sneaky beggars um, oh here we go but that's like, if, just in case anyone didn't know Russ likes death <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously like this is this is quite so if we go back to on topic <laughs> before I get propaganda hated by people um yeah, yeah, yeah. Tal is wrong. <laughs> um, so basically, um, there's obviously said there's going to be some rules for Marathi and obviously the new book, which is which yeah, is showcased just... on the website. Um, yeah, I love the artwork. I think it looks really cool. I like the 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 dark red sort of binding behind it. It's mm. got like it's, it like works really nicely with that like reimagined Age of Sigmar, like you know the more adult version of it. I guess it looks more. Or prestige reminds me a little bit of like the end times books, yeah, um, a lot. Like, um, but obviously, you had like the psychic awakening for 40k, and it yeah. sort of seems very akin to that. Um, and there's a new website, um, which we'll go over to now. Um, yeah, which it's is really cool. If you spend the time to read, there's quite a few little bits in here which are quite cool. Mm. So, obviously, you've got the video which we've just shown. And there's some information about the factions um, that feature. These are the so, factions that are in, yeah, the book, aren't they? So yeah. So obviously, Daughters of Cain. Kind of a bit obvious. <laughs> it's called mm. Broken Realms Marathi, so you'd expect them to feature. Um, <clears throat> but it says in here that um, there's uh, Daughters of Cain receive allegiance ability to War Scrolls for the 
Zen Far Kai Temple. Alongside yeah. two water scrolls that use both versions of Marathi on the tabletop at the same time. So obviously we were looking at that other picture and there, there she's almost done like some sort of ritual and, and summoned the big snake lady out and she's like, in front like of Like an avatar, basically. Yeah, so pretty interesting to see where that goes rules wise, but obviously like <clears throat> that it sounds like she's trying to become a god. Um from taking the the hints from the video and stuff, right? Yeah. It's- it's um, nice to yeah. see an excuse to have that mud on the table because it was there for turn half, wasn't it? Like <laughs> you never saw the one. It was also it's a lovely model. It's genuinely like it's completely overlooked because you overlook it if you're playing for gaming purposes. All you think about is another very cool, much bigger model. And like I've had Marathi not turn into big Marathi once, and that's because Tom Morsey was being super techie um, in all the times I played against it. So um, yeah, I'd love to see them both on the table at the same time. Yeah, and there's yeah, because it's just the one that sits in your like your bits box, isn't it? Or the bit that you it's a token box. Yeah, it's yeah. a token placeholder. <laughs> and then you've got the um, Anvil Guard City Sigma in Ashki. It says they will have quite a bit to play uh, without any spoilers. It says new rules for the cities of Misthaven and Harkaron, as well as a War Scroll Battalion for the sorceress Drusa Crafe and her chosen warriors. And I'll yet excuse my. Uh, Russ is really good at pronouncing all of the um, all of the Age of Sigma stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's an interesting idea because I have a, a like a huge pet peeve with what happened to the I'm going to call them Dark Elves in um, the Cities of Sigma book um, because basically there, there's a load of really cool and the models still stand up now, I believe, like the Executioners, mm. Ballas, like yeah. the brilliant like infantry martial looking troops the closest to samurais we have that are alive um in age of sigmar and then you look at free guild and it just worked better um so i I would really like to see uh, the free guild have basically got like all three of the elite units rolled into Mm. one in great swords and i believe it's for pretty much the same points cost um so i think some some reimagining of that or I don't know what the battalion would do. Could be cool, but there's a lot of themes to be pushed there. And also, there's, there's just some super solid old models. Yeah. Um, but it's like the picture that. is a sort of dark elf or dark elf or whatever they're called now, sorceress on a black dragon. True, so Kraith. Yeah. Hmm. So I reckon so it looks that's, like a named character. Yeah, so I don't know if they get a scroll or not, but you know, there's that's going to be a feature. Um, Hope so. It could be a Vordry equivalent. Stormcast, Storm so you've got Kaiser Venbrecht, which is the, um, the Anvils of Heldenhammer. It's obviously the, the sort of the Gardens, the Black Nexus in Anvilgard, so Black Nexus might play into it, if you know what that is. Um, Why is it? Don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's got five, five new War Scroll battalions, so uh, Wardens of Stormkeep, uh, Storm Tower Garrison, Stormkeep Patrol, Stormkeep Brotherhood, and Venbrecht's Black Watch. Uh, alongside three sets of allegiance abilities, interesting. So that's fairly cool. interesting. That there's going to be some stonecast stuff for Anvil Guard, which are popular anyway. Old school yeah. names there. That's like that's like the names that you'd associate with like old school empire, isn't it? Yeah, and well, the stonecast are like heroes that have been plucked out of other places. So it's probably a free guild yeah. person who's been. He was the so the um, uh, Ambles of Hardenhammer are based around uh, death, aren't they? They're the ones that were from the realm of not Shish, is it Shish's death? I think I, I think it says here they're Anvil Guard and Anvil Guards in Ashki. 
So is it okay? But like the, the anvils are mostly from like if you look in the Stormcast, but they reference them being like that's why they have all like skulls and stuff on them. So they make. Oh, cool! Actually, I didn't know that. Which is cool. Yeah, I'm well, down with rules the wise, they rules wise they pushed that book towards only having two realms available to it. I think so. That could be a reason why they would be an action. Mm. Yeah, it says it in cool. the. Um, description it, it says that yeah. the amp free free city of anvil garden ashki and then this is talking about them being uh the anvils of held and hammer guardians in anvil guard so it's, it's going to be an ashki thing cool um then you've got the slave starter stuff so um Sneaky. Cool. this is war comes to the eight points so uh, that's interesting obviously go back to the eight points but um one of the warlords is Rokar Gresh, ruler of a warband called the Crimson Brethren, rules to include a War Scroll Battalion, his Iron Reapers, as well as four new sets of Allegiance abilities, and it's like a chariot. Mm-hmm. So, wouldn't it be amazing if chariots made any sense in an army? That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be good. I don't really see chariots ever. Nah, no, very, very, very rarely. But it's always been a really interesting, cool, and distinctive idea. Only ones with bolt throwers on in the is a Sigma book, right? No, the only chariots anyone ever saw. <laughs> yeah, I don't really count those as chariots. <laughs> They're more like mobile mobile, mobile bolt throwers. <laughs> yeah, really. um, not in the traditional the impact hit type things. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then probably the most interesting this is, is yeah. this bit. So it's Idenf Deepkin, King Nemitar. So one day, one of the key battles is a huge Idenf Deepkin assault against Mist Haven, the city of scoundrels. Um, there's a War Scroll Battalion for the Blood Surf Hunt, Neomitar's Royal Guardians. The book includes four War Scrolls, Achelian Alapexes, Achelian Leviadon, both Eidolons of Maflan, alongside Mount Traits for Deep Mares and Leviadons. Sea so Monster cool. Shark Fest 5000. But so new scrolls for sharks and leviadans and eidolons. Yeah, so obviously How cool is that? in the Deepkin book you see lots of eels and not much else. So it looks like there's a rewrite maybe of those scrolls. Interesting. Cool. And that is that is exciting. So like um there's gonna be so much opportunity. Would be good as well. Because obviously yeah, that adds quite a long a bit of a dimension to an army. So a Deepkin are fairly competitive anyway, so getting some extra stuff, that's really cool. Um so I like that. And on the website, you can browse some other stuff. There's some you can sign up for a newsletter to get fiction, um, and then there's it, there's a little bit more information that you can read for yourself. And talks about Shadow and Pain, which is the box set, uh, which obviously got a little Pain and the Snake character in there. Um, and then it's got some Blood Surf Hunt stuff in there. And then it's the chariots and some pictures. So a little bit more information. And it's all like Brex Watch, and it's all like Griffans and Castigators and Judicators. Um, I then like Crave Shadow Pact's got pictures of Dark Elf or Dark Elf Crossbowmen and Spearmen and Black Dragon. So yeah, who knows? But that might be the battalion makeups. Uh, but yeah, check that out. Sign up for it. Get your reminds me a little bit of Malign Portents where you're getting the yeah. You sign up and get the little stories each each week or whatever they often they're going to send it. It's nice to push theme that much. I think like and all the themes in there sound quite cool. It doesn't sound like we're lizard men and we're in a memory or anything like that it's like <laughs> i can i can get behind the kind of the ideas of pretty much all of those armies especially the deacon on a tide of blood yes please or whatever it's blood surf hunt sounds great yeah 
And um, sounds like a shark horror movie, right? Blood. Yeah. Blood. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I want, like, I want the Sharknado it, Battalion. I was just going to say, yeah, just sharks it's going to get renamed in a spiral, but, but <laughs> swim across the table. Um, Be an endless spiral when it sharks in a tornado. Yeah. I do, I do keep getting tempted with Deepkin. I do, I do like that. Tempts um, me more. There's a really nice. Uh, it was we featured it on uh, Facehammer Worldwide Army that's done in very sort of dark style. And I think Deepkin, there's like a level of horror with Deepkin that's really cool. Um, yeah, like the background for them are amazing as well with the way that they, um, the way that they are, you know, with regards to the fact that they've got no souls, so they try and get souls and they've got no eyes. Is that one of my old ones, Byron? Or is that yeah. one that you've done yourself? Is it? Yes, it's one of yours, yeah. Huh. You're just wondering how it got there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do you like sell all of those? So, you know, Apart from the ones that fell under the, the couch when you dropped it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's like yeah, I won't say that. We're on there. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, broken rolls, Rafi. So super excited about that. So yeah, really cool. I think um, obviously it looks like there's some good updates for Daughters of Cain and Eidneth particularly. But a bit I know it's like not what we're about really because we're talking about like the competitive elements and stuff. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the story. Yeah, because like. As a playtester, so that's one thing I have no idea about. Yeah, so we don't we don't get any of the background or anything like early. So um, we were yeah. talking about like brushing up on our AOS sort of law because um, I remember when AOS first came out, and I was like, I'm going to read all the background on an everything about the Mortal Realms, and because there was like they released all the Realm Gate War books and all that, it was just really tedious and boring. <laughs> basically, there was a lot of stuff coming out that said pretty much the same thing because. It hadn't really advanced anywhere, um, but obviously since like Malpo and a lot of the stuff in the Death um, era of books has really pushed the storyline, particularly the Osiak Bone Reapers. Um, so when I I watched the Stormcast episode with Phil Kelly, and, and obviously he's a he's kind of the lore master for AOS, I believe. Um, it's really interesting because they push, and I think even like Wrath of the Ever Chosen's got some a lot of OBR content in there. It's actually like quite a lot of background in there so i'll be quite interested to delve in and uh, brush up on my aos law yeah like that um, i think it's quite it's quite good though to get inspired for army ideas isn't it so yeah for sure yeah it's a nice nice place to start i think if you it's, it's the really good thing about them offering stuff like this like i normally don't care i'll look at a color or a picture and be like cool but for me to have actually read words and <laughs> that to lead me in a different direction, that doesn't happen so often with me. So I'm behind it. Yeah, I still think the um, some of the deep kin art. There's that very comic book oh, so cool. piece that we were lucky enough to get a signed version of that. Um, so it's uh, yeah, super cool. So uh, I am tempted to do deep kin force, but I need to finish everything else I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> You're tempted to well, do everything like that. It's like get your joints yeah, done, get everything else. It's exciting. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's anything like they didn't list any infantry in that list of things so that's nice like yeah if it's if it's like beast claw raiders surf edition then i'm down <laughs> yeah like the, uh, like the beach the beach version like yeah beast claw raiders yeah. on holiday theme <laughs> died deaf army <laughs> exactly that that's what so i'm doing more, more no, no, eels ogres riding eels you know no ties of blood anywhere just parasols and uh feasy pops and uh pastel yeah. colors 99 converted and uh, mr whippings and things like that <laughs> yeah, so. yeah of course uh, byron's byron's surf and turf 
Yeah. <laughs> it's good because your giant will fit right in with his sunburn running. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> North, he needed factor 50 and he forgot it because he was too busy covering himself in pointless crap that he doesn't need on his belt that I didn't enjoy painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you love it, really. Um, so I think we, that wraps up the Broken Realms Marathi stuff. So obviously we're just going through what, what what's publicly available and what we can see in a little bit of speculation. Yeah. So um, obviously sounds like Marathi's about to uh, stab Sigmar in the back, so I'm all for that. So let's uh, let's hope that happens because Sigmar's a dick. So uh, here's his you dick. Heard it, 17 sharks is going to be in one unit. It's all factually correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll take a break, come back, and uh, we'll do the next segment, which we'll talk about uh, Breakfast. Face Hammer is sponsored by Element Games. So, for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off. And all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we're going to talk about uh, MetaWatch, which is an article that went up on the Warhammer community site um, in, earlier in the week, uh, which I thought was quite interesting. What's a Meta, Russ? Yeah, meta. What is, is what is a meta in the context that we're talking about? It's basically like the state of the competitive game, I guess, or or state of play. So, yeah. meta is like the the word that people use for trying to explain the the current state of things. So, I don't know how trends. to explain it other than that. Like, it's it's the like trends of what are cool. performing and why, basically. Yeah, so this is this is a competitive play focused article. Um so it's talking about Age of Sigma. Uh there was one for forty K that was released uh, a few weeks ago. Um but obviously uh Steve Wren and uh, Dan Street, so from AOS Shorts, uh on this article, so quite an interesting read. Um there's this what I feel like about this is it's basically looks at some information. So Dan he does quite a lot of collecting data from around the web, and and he has a. I know he's got a spreadsheet that he tweets regularly, um, of results and what finished where, what the lists were. Um, so it's quite a nice. If you don't follow him, then it's worth a follow just to just to get these little updates as information, which is you know it's a thing that that is helpful to guide maybe list decisions or you know just just a talking point or something to think about. So. Um, I think what he does really well uh, as well, just to like intersect that, Russ, is that mm -hmm. obviously we're British, you know, like, you know, it's very easy for us to be in our own little world, uh, you know, as in like the English scene. But what Dan does is obviously being based in New Zealand, he pulls sort of like results from Italy, uh, France, and all of these different things to try and sort of, and just collate them together, which is really nice. Because it's, yeah. you know, when I think of the meta, I don't think of, the meta the in France and Italy in like Sweden I think of the meta in England because that's where yeah. I am you know it's where we um, play so isn't it which is we've also got yeah. a heavy a heavy density right so it's not like we are uh, we're not starved for opportunities to look I mean obviously let's ignore the fact that the world's ending but we're not starved for opportunities to look like pretty much every single weekend at this type of stuff so um we can be inundated if we want just by asking like what our mates are attending 
Um, yeah. And it's very, very easy when you've got loads of information to presume that you have the majority of it or not need to look elsewhere. But there's so much more going on. Like somewhere there's someone winning with nine core graphs. We, we wouldn't suspect that, you know, that type of thing. I think as well, like of all these things, it's worth considering the context. So obviously COVID's happening at the moment. So yeah. how big are the events? Where are they? Who's playing in them? Makes a big difference, obviously. So it's, yeah. but what's quite interesting is it's just, you, you with all this stuff like with data is it's a it's not an absolute it doesn't it doesn't tell you that the the gospel black and white truth but it um in terms of like for decision making but it's a good resource for for thinking about the game um yeah so it's oh, presenting the facts, but the conclusions that it would present aren't facts themselves. Yeah, basically. so you might see that, you know, like obviously we'll, we'll go through this tournament results um, image, which unfortunately is a little bit small, but um, I believe I'm able to pull it up in a bigger version in a minute. But basically talking a little bit about since the General's Handbook 2020, 25 events with five or more rounds using 20,000 points across 13 different countries. Um, so that's actually quite low if you think about the the amount of countries and games and stuff because obviously COVID's not happening, um, and he takes the top five placings. Um, and there's forty four sub factions. So there's a lot of stats in there, um, but it, I'll I'll show you this image. So obviously we've got it on the screen here, but I'll try and get it up as a bigger picture because it's a little bit uh, small. So let me just try and get this up. Beautiful. There you go. So. Um, from the image here, you can see that um, Kradron Overlords have eighteen podium, or top five finishes, and the the sort of the solid white bar is the one to three, I believe. So, obviously, first place finishes. First place, okay. So they've yep. oh yeah, it says on the graph. I don't know why I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> so obviously, you can see that Ko have performed pretty well. Um, Obviously, since General's Handbook, they've had quite a significant points decrease across the board. Um, and I think that's opened up some army lists, which the article goes into a little bit more detail why things they think things are where they are. So obviously, Seraphon is also up there, Disciples of Zinch, uh, Fire Slayers, Cities, uh, Stormcast, Bone Reapers, or at War Clans, you know, Eidnev, still fairly relevant. And then the rest of the armies are kind of look like they're lagging behind. In Headnets of Slash is quite an interesting one. Same with Skaven Tide, Flesh Eater Courts, you know, they're all quite low down the, the chain. Um, with only a couple five top five. I think but every army looks like it's got at least one uh top five finish. Um, no Sylvan F on the list. No. So I think if there wasn't if there was they haven't had yeah. a top five, no. they're not in the graph. So yeah, there's yeah. some art factions that might not feature there. Um but yeah, so but you can see it's quite an interesting stat. And if you look at what I find is quite interesting is the the IDNF have got a higher number of first place to the number of top five proportionately than the others. So if you see the others, they follow like a trend, yeah. whereas the IDNF kind of like speak, poke out. And same with Legions and the Gash. So um, whether or not that says something about the the the, the, the actual the level of play, um, you know, I don't know. But it's quite an interesting quite an interesting stat in itself um but yeah so that's the let me get that off the screen so we can go back to the article so um so obviously um he says that ko have been driven by a success of zilfin uh with 13 places 
out of those 18. So obviously Barrack Zilfin always used to be the clown car um, Skyport. Uh, and it's probably the most popular. It's probably just because the hero phase move that you get from taking Barrack Zilfin and the fact you can take the engine work, which allows you to, um, I think, I don't think that's Zilfin Pacific actually, but I think the, the, the basic, the hero phase move is just so good that it's... means movement's always important and it's an already extremely manoeuvrable army, so you're just ramming that home even further, particularly when you've got long range. Yeah, it just allows you to break the restrictions around the fly high and stuff like that, and because you can move before we do that in the hero phase and then move in the movement phase, you know, or disembark and then move and stuff like that. So, um, Seraphon, it looks like Fangs of Sotek, eight places, and the rest of Thunder Lizards. Um, so quite a lot of uh, those are similar Seraphon builds that are being used, and you'll find this with. Um, sort of these sort of lists that when people sort of emulate other lists that are out there or, or settle on an army, it doesn't mean there aren't other viable ones in there. It's just that those are the ones people are playing. Um, are quite it's quite nice to see that Barak Mornar, uh, Barak Nar, and Barak Urbaz have been featured as well. Um, be interested to know how many of those have got a first place if they're all Zilfin or not. I don't know, but um, it said and sort of Steve asked Dan, you know, what are the common play styles? He's basically saying that. This is almost looks like the magic and shooting meta that has been talked about for a long time has finally arrived, um, uh, which is quite interesting with a book that was released a, you know, quite a lot earlier, but obviously it's been got an update. So it, it when it came out, it didn't really be that impactful, but then the update seems to have um, pushed them into the echelons of tournament play. You've also got a lag which always exists, um, more so for brand 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 new armies, but still for some other ones where people need to buy something, build it, and mm. put it together. Now, obviously, if we are looking at um, online events, I don't know if it's been included in this, um, but uh, there's there tends to be kind of like a, I'd say on average, like a three to six month grace period where you don't quite know if something is going to be as prevalent as it could be because if you've got to build and paint like whatever it is six boats that has a financial and a time implication for people doesn't it yeah yes i think we've got we're, we're it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if we ever come out of covid and see what everyone <laughs> i hope so like puts on the table right because like you're gonna have that time to be able to put the armies on the table like will there be a, like a massive influx of lumineff will there be a big influx of giants where people have you've been playing like tabletop simulator get excited about these random lists that they then scared ebay for to buy a million <laughs> salamanders or you know or anything like that it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh when we go back to normal i guess yeah, and I think Luminous a really interesting point because although the box set with the book come out ages ago, they've only yeah. just had their new models and people haven't really got them. And I know we saw Luminous win a one day, but that was proxied with Sentinels that yeah. weren't out yet. And so obviously they've not had, if Dan's only taken two day events, um, and I don't think it's TTS, I think it's just face to face tournaments. Yeah, so, cool. I mean, I know, we know Luminef won an event this weekend, didn't they, with the, uh, in France with mm. a very similar list to the one that like Peter um, he, he took to that, like, yeah. you know, the proxy event that he won. Um, again, it's that's something that I think going forward people maybe will need to factor in that there's going to be like a one drop Luminef army that shoots off all your characters, you know, need to have a resilience to your army that allows you to get into those 
units because mm. like sentinels do die to a stiff breeze that's why i think the um slaves darkness list that i was looking at is quite good because you've got the untamed beasts that you can put ush push up the table to stop Quadron being so close to you before the game starts and you've also got a, a mortal wound save uh, on most of your units from the shields you've got bellacore where you can shut down a model or a I spell think, or a thing a units yeah so I f- and also and a decent with, armor save like yeah fairly consistently and with multiple spoilers, wound models you can pitch black terrain to block sight so um i don't yeah. really help against sentinels but it, it helps against care and stuff like that so i think i think there is any touches on a good counter to this this play it's why one of the reasons i was looking at um slaves to darkness because i like combat armies but i need to be able to play in a meta where they can compete so if there's a lot of magic and shooting i actually think slaves to darkness are very good against it um because you've got you know those tools in your army and the combat's okay but it's uh they, they sort of more lean on the grind side of combat rather than the impactful charge um but even against stuff usually, like though, I was gonna say like usually though if you if you're taking that army that slaves to darkness army to be a combat army in a shooting meta and get you into combat chances are if you shoot your rubbish at combat right so I was just gonna say the same thing yeah of, yeah doesn't need a load of damage output because most of the things that you're gonna be fighting are gonna be like one attack five hey, flamers yeah if stuff, it yeah. if it can hold up to OBR which I I played a test game against an, an OBR army and I was able to hold my own in combat then I'm happy with its combat prowess to say to use a so yeah. that's why I went with corn to boost that element of the damage but anyway it's not about slaves of darkness but um so there's an example army list of KO using Iron Sky Command which is very similar to a one drop that I wrote I think I think this is a free drop because it's got some gun haulers in it um mm-hmm. it talks about Seraphon and to be honest I I haven't even unwrapped my Seraphon book so um I no idea. So I can't I can't talk with authority on this. Um but it's a lot of talk about Lord Croak and I think he features yeah. quite heavily in the lists. Yeah, none of us um play Seraphon, do we really? And I know me and you didn't play test that book, so it's kind of I did. Did you? Yeah. I played Test. I know I didn't. Yeah, so yeah. um but that was I think it's a while ago. Independently, it's one of the strongest books in the game though. There's still quite a, a variety of representation even if you do have croak within the seraphon list and i think the the book is just a lot of things in their own right are just good without even looking at what the book adds skinks are fantastic i mean skinks have always been fantastic um and it's got powerful just a, a normal slam you don't even have to be backing him up with an astral affair or anything like that he does good things he gives you command points blah 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 blah, blah. so the strength of the book i think is it's kind of you can see why um, especially when it's new, it would really, really catch people out and end up just being behind KO. And I think the reason they get to catch people out more is because they're, I wouldn't say they're better, but I'd say they're more extreme in terms of their difference from mm. what is normal within the game. You're playing the closest thing to a 40k army in a fantasy game with the KO, uh, not in a derogatory sense. It's just they're very, very different to a lot of other stuff. But I I think personally, I'd put Seraphon at the very top of power level at the moment. Yeah, and I think it's um, they are very good. So, like the um, you talks about um, the fangs of Sotek allegiance ability. So, doing lots of mortal wounds and having high movement, and and they said that there's a command ability that gives you a for the parting shot ability. Don't know what that does, but it says makes you have enough command points. And then it's all about thunder lizards, uh, which is that's the... allowing you to shoot again in the hero phase uh, or once once more in the shooting phase with your um, mm. Bastilodon. Uh, that's something else that's coming later. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, it talks about um, Thunderless builds um, with Bastilodons with solar engines um, using the Thunder Lizard's command ability trove of old technology, which allows solar engines to shoot for a second time. So I guess that's what you're talking about. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, but Seraphon doing quite well, which is no surprise really, but the, the, the variety of units and magic and shooting they've got. Um talks about uh, Bone Reapers and I find quite I it's quite interesting this for me, um, because it's something I know. Um so it says that commonly built around Mortis Praetorians, Mortec Guard, Shield Corps, Battalion and Crawlers with maybe or maybe not Catacross. Um so it actually says that I actually think that that list is particularly weak to um Change Top host, three. Seraphon, and Caradron. I think any of those three armies cause you a massive headache. Um, I actually believe personally that Noel Myriad is probably a better choice, uh, purely to give you some resistance to spells, particularly with Croak and Teclas being more prevalent, um, because you can use your Relentless Discipline to ignore the mortal wound damage. Um, so it's interesting. I'm not sure that anyone's actually playing that. I mean, a Mortis Praetorian is kind of the obvious go-to with the change to Petrifix, um, and certainly what I played prior to the change. Um, but the list that I've I put in our Discord that I think Carl got, because Carl was a bit downheartened with his Bone Reapers after Breakfast, and um, he was looking at maybe doing something else, and then um, I posted an Arcan-focused Noel Myriad army, and he kind of was like, oh, that's really good, I might play that. Still got... I played against one of those. It's a good team <laughs> list. Yeah. I think I think it's good. It's got its weaknesses, but um, I think Bone Reapers are struggling against those those other three armies quite significantly. Um, They're a lot slower, right? As well, that's a big factor. They get outshot and out. out yeah, maneuvered. and I think the problem is if you the crawlers are well and good, but there's only like two models that yeah. are quite easy to take out if you if you focus on them. So, them losing the plus one yeah. save to things like crawlers and harvesters is massive. For we sure. can talk about because I I played Carl didn't I with Lehman mm. uh, a breakfast and it just didn't didn't hold up too much. No, and I know it says here that Nagash is still a good option, but I don't think you you've seen Nagash in this matter particularly because no, he just he's he's like he's over a third of your army and doesn't get lookouts. Uh, doesn't have the save that he used to. No, free up armor save. It's not going to cut quite, it against Ren 2 shooting or Mortal Wind Not shooting. only that, but it's quite hard to get super low drop with him, isn't it? I believe. Because yeah. you don't have spare points for a battalion. You just spend 800 points on at model. <laughs> Any spare points. Uh, yeah. I think I think the problem with him is the Relentless Discipline. So as soon as you take Nagash, he only generates one point. So you're almost forced to take a Leech Cavalos. So you're straight away at 1,080 points before you've put a battle line unit in your army. Um so he's 880 Nagash, 200 for the Kavalos. Straight away, you're like, yeah, I've got my... I need it for the... Relent I need the plus one attack command ability. I need the Relentless Discipline. And I've got Nagash. Then you're like, what else do I have in my army? And you go to your minimum Mortec Guard core, and maybe, maybe that's a hit. that's it. You you'd have one, one elite thing. So you might have like one Harvest or one Catapult. I don't think you can really afford much else because I think the... It's... um. It's interesting. Like I, do, I still think OBR are in a good place, but they're they're not. I you know I know that there was a lot of bad feels when they first came out. I think because they're so different to what a lot of people play. And I think if if we were in non COVID times, I think the Giants would be catching a lot of people out straight away, and people would be like, "These are really like ridiculous." And 
other people would be going, these are awful. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the, um, I think it's important to remember when OBR landed, they landed in an environment where fire slayers were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, daughters were still daughters. Um, you had cities and some other lists that were putting a lot of kind of resilient things on the table. And they just turned up with RDP, their, their resource, they spend the relentless discipline, which they have into the command points and their inherently solid stuff and slowly walked up the table and then things just died against them like in, in waves. But they, they landed in the perfect situation for them to seem really strong. And now you only need a couple of slightly different things to be the latest releases and they're very, very different from them. So I think have a much it was harder time. Shooting was low, mortal wounds wasn't focused and rend wasn't that important. Yeah. It was all about having high quantity, low quality attacks. Yeah. And lots of bodies, which they they kind of like gobble you know. up yeah hey i've got a harvester and 40 deeds sorry <laughs> yeah it's yeah. um but yeah interesting and then obviously it talks about stormcast and it's quite interesting so anvils of heldenhammer so with apparently with the general's handbook points changes there's a formation you can take which is the um vanguard angelos conclave which i think is got mega formation isn't two, it it's yeah huge. two formations inside yeah. it so you can literally just get it in and it makes your army a one-drop, and that's apparently doing quite well because it's a one-drop shooting-focused Anvil's army, so it's yeah, it's being quite good. So, so let's you hide from the other things that shoot in kind of a, a, a meta-beating meta army. It's shooting, mm. but it does let you, well, cool, you, you can shoot me, but I'm not on the table. <laughs> it's, so it's quite flexible. Nice to see, like, like the General's Handbook have a positive effect on the, storm, on the Stormcast, though. I think it's... Uh, yeah. It's good, even yeah. though it's like jamming in like four hundred points of formations. But um, I think it's the type of army that do very well against extreme stuff. But if you turn up your more balanced, well-rounded slaves to darkness, I imagine it would give you a lot less of a problem than it would give to Zinch or Ko. Um, yeah, it's like perhaps. those armies in themselves don't like facing things that are similar to what they do. Exactly. Yeah. So, just... um, but the it's all about Lumineth. It says they haven't really had a chance to. To, to impact the results yet um, because Models of what we count. talked about already yeah. um, but I, I'm sure we'll see like you touched it already Les didn't you that in France the um, there was that, that that event taken out by the is it Orion Orion Legion is that uh, the yeah I've got it in my actual um, I've got it in my uh, my phone so I can basically give you a quick rundown of it now if you bear me literally two seconds um, it is yeah, it's the one drop, the Allurian region, uh, Legion, so two Cathlars. It might be a two drop, actually, because there's two Cathlars. Yeah, I think it's a two um, drop army. But... Um, it's Zytrek, so it's the um, it allows you to re-roll your casting, I believe. I can't remember. The Zytrek's the one that buffs your first cast a turn. Yeah. Um, so he's got, like, 20 Sentinels, 20 Sentinels, 20 Sentinels, 10 Sentinels, then 10 Wardens, 10 Wardens, 10 Wardens, 10 Wardens, um, and two Cathlars. Um as well as Bellwin Vortex and Twin Stones and a Spar Portal. So it's going to be... The Twin Stones allow you to um, buff your casting ability as well. Uh, Bellwin Vortex gives you the range if you get onto, you know, one of your Cathlars. Um, be that with Protection of Hish, I imagine, because that'll be the Mortal Wound bubble um, that the guy's got on there. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be plus the, um, you know, Reach Out and Touch stuff. It's going to be essentially using uh sun metal weapons to buff the shooting and like lambent light to re-roll the range if you really need to kill out a kill a unit um 
Just pick a thing, imagine. kill it, pick a thing, kill it, pick a thing, kill it, or pick two things, yeah. kill it a turn with that much. It, there's no defense in there, is there? It's like killing the things before they reach you, and with a two drop. Yeah, you basically screen your shooting with the the wardens, um, and with the uh, when you come into the wardens, they are minus. If they're still in the shining company, they're minus one to hit. So you basically screen your shooters. They have to fight through your wardens um, to get to your shooters. Um, chances are they pin you for a turn, which allows you then to shoot the thing that's fighting your wardens yeah. with like 60, 70 guys. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's very one-dimensional. I think if you can get into that army um, and you, you'll just wipe the floor of it if you've got any sort of combat power, but I think it's just going to catch people out for a little bit because it's so different and not no one's played against it, um, you know, at the moment. Yeah. And um, the article goes on to talk about some stuff that's doing well despite shooting, so like Fire Slayers, Big War, Idenf Deepkin. Obviously, they've they've got an anti-shooting element to them and, and ways to alpha strike yeah. a lot of speed. I still, if I knew back when Deepkin released how relevant they would stay over the last, like, say, with Daughters, really, Two how years. long longevity you'd get out of that book, I probably would have jumped on it straight away because it's like they just seem to always be around the podiums, like. Even. They're always the answer to the current problem, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Which is really weird considering the, the army list is like one tool, but it's just such a good tool. It's almost like the skeleton key of Age of Sigmar. Eels and mortal wounds, you know, flying. Um, off table, yeah. as off, yeah. like high movement, off table, uh, variety of attacks, heavy density of attacks, but also some higher quality ones, um, like mm -hmm. threats, yeah. uh, access to good allies pool as well sometimes, yeah. which can be relevant. Forgotten Nightmares is just such a key a thing, a key rule in the shooting meta as well with targeting the closest target um, because of the Forgotten Nightmare rule. Um, plus that coupled up with the uh, the Cloak of Midnight is another really good way of really limiting tall. shooting. Um, you know, it's... Uh, again, I've, I've owned two deep, deep can armies, I'm sure at some point, and I'm a third. <laughs> yeah. Really? I mean, uh, especially with the sort of reveals in Broken Realms Marathi, I, I think there's... That does make them more exciting. So I think it's an army that, that you know, especially if other units, War Scrolls become a bit more relevant. Um, especially the Eidolons. I just think I'd really like to paint one of those. I just love the look of them. Turn I painted one. They were loads of fun. Uh, it's the it's a very interesting thing to paint, though, like because of the, the yeah. way that it goes together and the waves and stuff. It's a bit, you're like, you're holding it and you're like, I'm going to break this at any given moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Also, pin do brass rod with the spear just because you just break the spear any chance you get, especially if you lend it to Kieran Harper. <laughs> yeah, but he, did, he does roll his iron jaws around in like an ice cream tub, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, his uh, ghost wolves. Uh, a bit yeah. shout out. He's he don't want to see this. He's playing wow, so it's fine. Yeah, um, he's not going to see his pen. <laughs> does that about? Does that about uh, wrap up the article? Um, no, there's a little bit about. Um, anti-shooting options so um some of the things we talked about already so units with pre-game move abilities so obviously we talked about um i talked about untamed beast um yeah but there's some other stuff in there um in the game so that's allows you to push that karadron drop back so it can't shoot your key pieces when it drops um armies to deploy units off the table so obviously can't be shot if you're not on the table so yeah. deep can be talked about but also you've got things Stormcast. like the Manfred Legion of Night Army is again that's why I thought it'd be good you know even Legion of Gash using the graves cleverly obviously you've got to keep your hero alive at least with Legion of Night you can put Manfred off the table 
if you yeah. really wanted to. Um, but there are storm casts and loads of armies have got off the table deployment stuff. Um, but become a one drop yourself is another piece of advice or, or lower your drops. So obviously you've got to look at your battalions um, or just have lots of models that can run across the table that are resilient, that they can't kill by the time they get there. It talks yeah, about yeah. plague touch, chaos marauders, 120 orders <laughs> in a you know <laughs> i've i've uh you two, deserve to two. win if you paint those no you don't <laughs> no. two, <laughs> two <laughs> questions about those bits um what is three drops or less what you should be aiming for these days if, if you are chasing that aggressively as part of your strategy i think it's One. not five drops or less anymore or is it literally like you've got to don't it, where would you say that falls for both of you I, it depends what other the other bits you've got. So if you've got other things, you probably don't need to worry about it. So like in my slaves yeah. army, I didn't take formations because I already had pre-game moves, Bellacore, which is a feature of this article. In in the if you want to counter anything, Bellacore, um, don't give a fuck a core is what I call him. So whatever you've got, don't give a fuck about it. So you've got Bellacore. Um, I've already got Untamed Beast pre-game move. I've got resilient units that, that can get across the table with a teleport if I get the spell off. Um, so to me, having loads of drops doesn't matter. No. Doesn't matter at all. Uh, so it depends on your list. I think like with the Luminous list that I've been looking at as well is that because of the resiliency of the army, other than the, the shooters with the Ignore Brand 2, um, you know, the ability, it, 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 it kind of like, it allows you to be a little bit more survivable um, against some shooting stuff. Um, it's I don't know I, I think if I come up against a one drop you just need to factor it in and be like I've got four drops if I come up against a one drop shooting then there's a strong chance that they're going to shoot off the heroes and the key elements of the army um, but that you, you play around that if like if a casual overlord comes down and shoots off all the heroes then they've still got to deal with 30 or 40 stone guard you know that will probably kill everything that, that touches as long as it's not a teleporting gun holder or something so yeah I think be interesting I think three or two or less is a big thing. And then a couple of things that I'd add is rather than models, uh, I would clarify that to wounds or resilient wounds. Because if you've got a lot of models, they've got low bravery and you don't have a battalion, you don't have a command point, it, like meh, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, if you've got a piece of terrain that makes you immune to battle trap or something, then that, that does yeah. make a difference. But resilient wounds is what I would categorize rather than models. Multi-wound models, they care less about Battleshock because you have to do two wounds to take something off. Um, and then the other one is command points is a thing as well. So if you are taking a battalion or you have access to better command points and you've deployed carefully and appropriately, you can take a few shots on your low bravery dudes without caring about it. And that can be part of your strategy as well, combined with yeah. all of this stuff. Yeah, I, just, I think some armies just can't, they they can't get their drops low, even if they had good formations. I mean, like, no, it's, it's like, well, you... You need to. You need to. Sometimes you just got to accept that you're not going to get this thing. Um, so I think that list is quite a nice bullet point list because you should tick one of those boxes. So if yeah. it's not low drop, then makes you got a pre-game move or a way to be off the table or you're resilient to shooting or you've got lots of wounds or you've got lots of models, whatever it is, which makes you resilient to to it to be able to absorb the turn and then counter attack. Um, so I think that's quite an interesting bullet point there's some anti-magic options which talks about shooting to take out shoot the heroes obviously the meme shoot all the heroes um shoot or the heroes. you know like um 
have a way to outdrop and shoot the, the wizards off. Like, talks about shooting Teclos off because he needs to get certain stuff off or up before he gets killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously auto unbinds like night encounters or navigators with the void stone and things like that. So, uh, obviously, I'd, I would add to that bonuses to unbind. So, if you can get something like a semi resilient hero, like you know, there are things in in different books that can do it they're not necessarily going to survive against shooting but like i think as well you might want to look at your artifacts uh and abilities to see if there's any like minus to hit shooting or your temple or like yeah sub faction thing as well like iron sons is an example of that um over yeah um is it hagnar and kelebron is it kelebron is a minus to shoot yeah. yeah 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 So obviously, like if people are running Hagnar, then you go actually I'll run Calibron for the anti shoot because that's more of a problem or whatever. So and obviously you might take more harpies or something like that. So uh, yeah, just minus one to hit on a character when combined with lookouts are really can ruin people's day. Though if their mean is to shoot the heroes, if those heroes are minus two and have like an ablative save or a pass off save or anything like that, you only need like a five off pass off or mortal wound. And minus two to hit, and someone's got to put about three times as much shooting into you to do the damage. Mm. In which case, if they do kill them, they put like two units worth of shooting out of three into killing one guy sometimes, and that can be enough to win a game against them. Yeah, and stuff like lookout serves, yeah. uh, bounce wounds. You know, if you've got Nagash, think about taking Immortech Mortec- Mortec- Guard or, or yeah. you know, the formation in Legion where you can bounce wounds to Harbingers uh, and uh, Morgast Archai. I think that's still a thing. Um, yeah. Or you could take the formation in OBR that gives you that. You've, there's lots of options in there. I think, I think you've just got to um, spend a little bit of time, um, maybe reassessing your lists or your book based on this information. So if you're going to tournament regular, obviously no one is really at the moment because of COVID. But if if we were in that meta, um, I'm kind of holding fire until stuff starts to get a bit more normal um, because I don't. I, I'm not really playing any events, so I'm not, I'll just play what I got and see how it goes. But um, it's quite interesting as well. If you if you're watching this and you don't really know what we're talking about with drops, that means like deployments. So if you've got a battalion, that means you can deploy more models in one go, which means you get the choice of turn one or not. So we use a lot of lingo. So if there's anything you don't know what we're talking about, just put it in the comments. Yeah, just ask we'll us. We'll let you know. <laughs> um, so we sort of talk like everyone knows what we're we're talking about. But obviously, it's it a bit yeah. daunting if you are new to this sort of chat, which is quite a nice little footnote in the article actually, which I've just read, which has prompted me to uh, <laughs> to say. But um, super good article. Um, so I had a chat with Dan um, on our Discord and just said, you know, great, nice to see. So. Um, it's good to get some sort of competitive gaming content and stuff going on, even though that I'm not competitive gaming at the moment. So it's uh, it's nice, keeps the juices flowing, keeps the engine yeah, oil. Makes you keeps you thinking about it, doesn't it? Yeah, Is keeps that- your foot in the water if you're a deep kin player. No? <laughs> <laughs> so Is that a segue to talking about the new Brokest Army in Age of Sigmar? Amazing against shooting meta. What deep kin? No, no fact. <laughs> <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Oh right, I was going to say. Uh, Feck do have some options actually. Um, they do, yeah. Particularly yeah. in blister skin, but um, that's a bit of a segue. But yeah, we will come back after the break and we will talk about breakfast. And I will share Dave, uh, the neck bromancer's uh, Feck list. Uh, talk about why I think it's cool. And then you guys will talk about your armies and uh, what you got up to at the weekend and and how you made Carl cry in his own house. 
Uh, so, and, so, at, at, at cake that his wife cooked, which was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so yeah. I just say, um, have a read of the article if you haven't read it. If you, there's loads of good stuff from Warhammer community, um, you know, go get this the simp comment in. Um, but uh, wouldn't say if you didn't believe it. But go and check it out if you uh, if you want to enjoy some uh, decent content from from the guys there. So you um, I know. We've I'm not. I'm ourselves. not commenting on anything, Russ, because I'm just going to get myself into trouble. So, <laughs> so, so I'm not saying um, anything. Yeah, sponsored by no I'm kidding. Uh, so, yeah, we're back in a sec. Facehammer merchandise is available from ElementGames.co.uk. Head over to the website and type Facehammer in the search bar to see the full range. From custom dice in a multitude of colours paint racks to hold Vallejo Scale 75 Games Workshop and many more ranges of paints, and objective markers to make sure you never miss an objective again during match play, head over to elementgames.co.uk and search for Facehammer. So if you want to support the show, pick up some cool gamer swag from the Element Games web store and level up your hobby. We are back, and we're going to talk about the unofficial event of Breakfast. 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 Um, um, affectionately named. Um, so, as you guys might know, we we talked about the Sons of Bear match show uh, where we went to a friend of ours hosted some socially distanced gaming in his garage with with six of us, and uh, we played us three against those three. I basically rotated around um, and just tried out some lists and stuff. So I I've already covered all what I did with. Uh, Sons of Bear Matt, so I'm not going to talk about that, but uh, you guys didn't haven't really covered your stuff, so we figured we'd start with Byron talking about his uh, Bone Splitters list and his list and his learning points and what you got on this. So I'm going to hand it over to Byron, so go. All right, go. Okay, so um, it is the list that I've been running. Actually, technically, I've been running pretty much this list for, uh, like this regarding a couple of endless spell changes uh, since I ran it at Blood and Glory quite a bit over a year ago. And uh, I think it's it's pretty much exactly the same strength and power level that it was then, which is not great, but with options. And that's how I did I describe yeah. I describe their book in general. It's got probably one of the best internal balances of any of the battle tomes that I've played. Everything is about as viable as everything else, character wise, units wise. Do I take a rogue idol? Do I not? Um, and in fact, do I play just like vanilla bone splitters, or do I take um, bone grins or um, or some of the other kind of temples, for lack of a better phrase, because I always forget it. Um, so basically, it still centers around a cunning ruck core, but that doesn't make much of a difference in its gameplay uh, because it's now very average in terms of what it does. And actually, I found that the move is more useful than anything else. So to run down the list, we've got the general, which is the two-cast shaman. Um, there is one mistake in the list that will be on the screen, which is that I've got cogs in it. So it's 1970 points instead of 1990, and I don't have the other two endless spells um, instead of geminids and um, the other one. Uh, then you've got two wardocks, um, the big boss, who you have to have, and then, yeah. you move into the, and then you move into the cunning ruck. So the cunning ruck, as I've taken it in that one, can you remind me what was in it, Russ? I've 20 Arab Boys, 20 Oryx, 20 Arab Boys, 4 Big Stabbers. I don't know if they're in the formation. No, they're not. And the Rogue Idol. So um, what I've done is I've got two units of shooters, and then rather than taking 10s of normal Oryx, which I think isn't a bad choice, and it doesn't increase your drops, you can drop them however you like, because it's up to five units within the formation. 
a 20 gives you the option to buff that unit up and then rocket it forwards. So um, my games went fairly well, actually. And I was playing Bone Grins, which is the one where your opponents can't run away from you. Um, there's a command ability in there that I definitely underuse, where you can get exploding sixes. And having played against OBR as much as I have recently, I really should have realized how much that helps you kind of even out averages and helps yeah. combats go in your favor, particularly if you have enough command points to use reroll ones to hit at the same time. Um, so whether it's on the rogue idle or the big stabbers who are kind of the unsung heroes of the list or on that unit of 20 Oryx, you can just make something more reliable. So the idea is I've got uh, a dance, which is on a three plus, which is really annoying, that can give me plus one to my armor save, a dance that can give me plus one to cast. And I've stacked a few things. So I've stacked my casting bonuses to make it a bit more reliable for casting. And then the idea, the idea is- the idol gives take... you a bonus, right? Yeah, the idol gives you a bonus. Um, unfortunately in Bone Grins, you have to take the worst command trait in the world on your general, but I'm over it. So I can't get plus one from that. If you're playing normal bone splitters, you could, and I'd definitely suggest that. If you are, you can take an artifact, however, that gives you plus one, and um, you can do a dance that gives you plus one. So you can get the plus three bits. quite easily. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you can get plus three fairly easily. Obviously, there's arcane terrain around and stuff like that. So the way that it's got to deal with hordes is that one of um, the general, he's got a spell which, if you cast it on a modified 10 plus, on a four plus you can just do one wound to everything in a unit which is really really devastating the idea was that in the old version of the list i used it with a portal and it was my mm. potential way to wipe out hordes but um in bone grins it plays completely differently which was my learning experience the weekend and it's all about making something as resilient as possible and just getting in the way as fast as possible um unfortunately the things that you're trying to pin stuff with are really really fragile unless they're the rogue idol so there's a lot of extremely specific trying to positions have people within three inches, but the absolute minimum of them, let's say they've got a one inch reach within four inches. And that's why I lost to the big war. So um, the big war game was really, really interesting in particular, I think, because it really mattered what I did because he had options to attack in the hero phase and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's such a fragile army. So you're, you're talking get... about like charging, but not to maximize attacks, but to like minimize their attacks. Yeah, exactly that. So I was tr trying to place units, basically. Let's say they had a one-inch reach. Um, so one guy was within three inches, but two guys weren't within four inches. Mm. So really specific stuff like that. And it's a very good learning experience. Um, so that's that's probably my biggest learning experience of the list is if I'd used him, if I'd used four big stabbers, like 10% of an inch better, I would have won my first game, my game against the big one. Um, absolutely, because it can't be hit back. The rogue idol, rather than buffing his attacks, I should be buffing his resilient. That was a, a big takeaway. Mm -hmm. And the, the war and the big stabbers, the only way they have to protect themselves is to kill what they're in contact with. That is it. They are so incredibly squishy. Nothing else is an option for them. <laughs> so, um, so just for the... people who might not know what bone grins does. So your bone grins is they can't retreat from you. And they if they're within 12, they have to charge you? Is that how it works? Correct, yeah. Enemy units within three can't retreat and they have to charge you. You get a command trait that gives you... Um, use it in the combat phase, which is incredibly awkward, and you pick a unit, and on sixes, they do two hits instead of one, which is actually very good with big stabbers and fairly good with the rogue idol as well. Um, and enemy units are minus one bravery from your general because of a mandatory command trait, which is <laughs> dreadful. Um, 
it does it is relevant though the positioning is really really important so the entire idea behind taking the ruck in that is the shooting can be all right and it is useful to be able to get rid of screens but more often than not i was taking my 20 normal savage oryx doubling their move moving them with a pre-game move that they get as part of the faction keeping them within range for that ruck move doubling their move with a spell and then rocketing them right off and they were literally just going there to stand in the way and die as slow as possible um, my general was running after them to be able to use his CPs to keep them alive. And the CP use was definitely something I'd underused. So uh, getting a triumph is really good. 1970 points makes that far more likely than it was at 1990. And then you just end up running into people and trying your absolute best to keep your guys there for as long as uh, possible. And, and why I think- cogs over the list you've got up? You said you took cogs. Why why, why cogs? What's the point? Okay. Now? So it's really interesting because the list plays completely differently whether you've got Geminids or whether you've got Cogs. If you can get Cogs off, which you probably can, if, if that's something you've decided you need to do, um, you can get it off and it makes it way more likely that your Rogue Idol makes it into combat on the first turn. And when he doesn't, with this list, you lose gains. Um, or so your 20 guys. You get the Rogue Idol across the table? What's, tell us the formula. Okay, so um, he has a 5-inch pregame move, or up to half of your units get a 5-inch pregame move just for being bone splitters. Um, in bone grins, that's the maximum it can be. If you're bone splitters, it can be an 8-inch move if you take a different command choice, which is really interesting. Um, then the ruck separates the idol, but the ruck gets to move in the hero phase. That's how you get your core troops there. And you have a spell which can double a unit's move uh, on a 6. Most of the spells in the book are on a 6 as well so your rogue idol can move five inches then he can move 10 inches vanilla if you've not buffed his move obviously that's 12 if you've got cogs and when he charges if you've got cogs you get plus two to his charge as well um there's one additional spell which is plus one to hit plus one to charge and plus one to uh move i believe so if you buffed his move his move would be 20 yeah right yeah so that's that spell basically is what makes the no, because you want to be casting that somewhere else. He's he's vanilla. Basically, the idea is you put up cogs and you cast a double move spell on another unit. Now, if that's 20 guys, then you can get a lot of bodies somewhere, which is important for objective play. And with cogs, mm. the rogue idol should make it in on his charge. You want to be charging people with two things, the way that I was playing the army, two things turn one in order to hold them in their zones. One isn't enough. It, it just isn't. And even if it's a rogue idol, they can run around him. And then the moment they touch the rest of your army, if they're doing it on your terms, you are dead, pretty much, or you're you're bleeding units incredibly fast. And if you get doubled, you're dead for sure against anything in the game. Is how it feels basically. So, getting multiple things in turn one is really important. The scenarios where you start slightly closer to your opponent, they're a very very big deal. Um, so generally speaking, I'd be choosing the rogue idol and the big stabbers, or the unit of twenty guys, and they'd be my units that'd be getting in people's face and doing kind of damage and pinning in equal proportions. The big stabbers are awkward as well because when they die, they can hurt other stuff. So if they are next to a hero, in particular, or a monster, um, people have to be very careful when they die because they've got a long inch, they've got a long three inch reach, and buffed up and ward, which is very important in the list. They get pretty much twice as effective if you are. Um, so I was being really, really careful to make sure that I had the maximum amount of units in the table. My general would run right into the middle of it, and then I've got two combat units in front of him, the rest of my army around him in a reverse semicircle. And big stabbers and the rogue idol getting plus two attacks is an extremely big deal. Okay, so um, I think that covers the list. So you played against, obviously, with Big War, Feck, and OBR. So what's the, just give us a 
TLDR, how'd you get on? You know, what was your learning points from the list for those so, games? So Big War is hard because of multi-wound models and high armor, and I had to play perfectly in that one. It's got options to charge or attack in the hero phase. It it just poofs out command points like nobody's business. It was an incredible list. Um, and it's got use of command abilities for free twice every turn, which is just, it's crazy. So you, you've got a lot of command points and you've also got effectively two for free each turn, probably some of the highest generation available in the game. And um, I didn't move precisely enough, basically. I lost the game entirely because of that. Um, MVPs were my general who's got minus one to hit in combat and I cast cogs for reroll saves and then just stood him next to unit of brutes um, and with his after save he ends up like sometimes surviving but your, period, your heroes have to do a lot of pinning and then against Feck um, it's a really really swingy scary game but the cannot flee is extremely powerful against them um, as is making charges which I managed to do with the rogue idol in that one um, yeah, it just makes makes a really huge difference against them. Against the OBR, it was a scenario where I got to start close and I also got to hem. It was Carl. I got to hem Carl in entirely and I went all out offense turn one, which went way worse than I thought it would have. And it was actually the pinning that made the difference. So the, the big learning in every single one of the games was use of CPs, where I should be spending them and why, what I should be buffing, whether it's my offense or my defense and how far I'm standing from stuff. I know that sounds simple, but literally that nearly lost me two games and nearly won me one game. Cool. All right, cool. Okay. So, um, Les, do you want to talk about yours? Yeah, I mean, um, I'll just do... Uh, we've got, like, a whole show about this list um, already, which we can link in the video. So, like, I won't go through top to bottom about, like, what what is in the list and why, essentially, it's the Alarif Temple, Eumetrica, Stone Guard, the Avalonor, the King, two stone mages and 20, two units of 20 sentinels. You can look at the the actual the list um, in a video that we discussed. Uh, it's the one that I wrote for the Warmer Community article as well. Um, so yeah, it's, I what I found, um, like as a quick overview of like the army, is it played very similarly to a Fire Slayer build. So like for me, it was like putting on a pair of comfortable slippers um, because a lot of it is Holy Within 12, um, you know, the the idea of building your castle, uh, which is what you do with a Fire Slayer build when I was playing it, um, it was very similar. So even though I hadn't played anything with the Lubinef army for a very long time because of playtesting, we've just not had a chance to, to get it on the table. It was really nice to sort of sit down and go, this works a similar way to the Fire Slayers, um, albeit with really good shooting uh two really good shooting units and a, a combat monster instead of a buff monster um and yeah it was i, I found the army um even though you look at it on paper uh, as being really resilient it's a lot more resilient than i actually thought it was going to be if you don't put out uh high volumes of mortal wounds or you get lucky like i did when i played dave and he didn't roll particularly well with his sixes on his uh, terror geists um, you just don't lose many models. Um, I think over the course of uh, the three games, I only lost like seven Stone Guard um, total, um, and like only one unit, and that was the Battleshock, and that was a unit of Sentinels. Um, yeah, just the Eumetrica reducing the rend um, from two to zero is, is brilliant. Um, and the reroll armor saves if you're within range of you know the units, uh, sort of the, either the King or the the Stone Mage. Um, was really really good. Um, and you you yeah, get minus it, one to hit if you're within twelve of Avalon, or is that right? 
Yeah, because he's yeah. got the bubble as well, um, which again really helps out your stone mages um, because of if they're in range of the nine times out of ten, your stone mages are sort of babysitting your units of stone guard because you want to be able to do the mountain stats, which increases their rend, um, which then gives them if they're within the bubble of um, Avalonor, you get a minus one to hit for that. You also then get a minus one to hit because of the lookout sir, so you can't get your stone mages shot off, which is really really good there. Um, yeah, I just found it really, really good. Um, the, the thing that I didn't uh, enjoy with the army is uh, with Fire Slayers, you had to get into the mentality of playing uh, one turn to one and a half turns, almost like a head. Um, with Lumineth, you really need to. Um, with Fire Slayers, you can get yourself out of dodge with the uh, the run and charge room um, and stuff like that. With far, with Lumina, there is no, there isn't that. That isn't there. Particularly the Stone Guard with the, the four inch move. Um, you know, if you're doing the mountain stance as well, it limits your pylons, makes it very difficult to get across the table. Um, like Fire Slayers are uh, actually faster than th- this army, um, which is like it's essentially how I lost the game against Dave. Is um, you know he brought on uh, a unit of ghouls, scored the objectives, uh, double turned me. I-, I couldn't get to him in time to, yeah. to clear those off the objectives and, and win the game, uh, which was something that you know it's learning points that you pick up on, um, particularly playing with four inch move elves. Um, you know, nothing dies in the army, but if you can't get to the objectives, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so make it hard to play against Ren 3 because it, it goes from you being incredibly, like, pretty much impervious to harm to it changing a lot. How, how did you it's- find that? I found it was it was it all it was all management on sort of like your eighth of quartz. So uh, if you got run three coming into you, I would spend the eighth of quartz that turn and hope that you know that you at least pop some of the saves because eighth of quartz gives you a plus one to your armor save. So if you're going into Avalonor, like you know it becomes he goes to a two up save, your your stone guard go to a three up save. Um, it, it just makes it very um, you know it makes it very swingy. I think it only really came into effect. Uh, against uh, James when he put his uh, more crusher into Avalon one shot him, um, just because it, it, there was just it was just so much damage going through. Even with that that two up save, I was never going to keep him alive. Yeah, um, that's more uh, from the when, charge as well, didn't it? So yeah, uh, when Breakspear put his um, unit of stalkers into me, like he, a couple of the stalkers have got the the bigger rend weapons as well, haven't they, Russ? The, yeah, but in they the had a four, I think they. Yeah, like, you know, he just didn't put enough damage through. Um, particularly, like, I popped the A for quarters that turn as well. So, like, it's a re-rollable armor save on 15 stone guard. Um, he just he killed, like, two guys. Um, one of the things as well that I need to get better at is making sure that I'm positioning the stone guard correctly because they're on 32 mil bases. Um, you know, with only a one-inch reach, it's very difficult. You need to sort of, like, interlink your, your models to make sure that you're maximizing the attacks. Um, mm. particularly with um, you know the unit of 15 you're never getting them all in um, um, and it really makes a difference when Avalonor does his command ability and you get all three of the units with the, the extra attacks because Avalonor picks three units um, you know D, gets D3 picks D3 units gives them plus one attack um, if they're elves which I thought was really good it would be interesting if the giants faced you because obviously mortals on the charge ren free pick up and kill yeah. There's a lot of stuff that just gets around your defense. So um... yeah, and it's it's swingy as well. Like with the the stone guard, I think uh, because they're only like I mean, with the mountain stance from the stone mage, you get an additional rend. But it's really the damage that you want, um, mm. and they're only doing damages on six. They're only doing damage two on sixes to wound, which is 
you know it can be very swingy i mean me and you played a game at the weekend yeah. didn't we and it was like it, it either goes crazy or it's a bit lackluster um which uh, you know it's, it's all learning points i enjoy the army um you know i played when i played james it was in three places and you know with 20 sentinels just shot off all his heroes yeah you've got to um that's why when we played i prioritized the sentinels because if you can get around the backs it's, you've got to get to them because uh yeah. I think that's the limitation with your list. It's, it's it's really nice in this little castle, but it's not very fast. So yeah. any mission it's, where you've I'll, got to like spread out is probably a pain uh, for you. Be responsive. I think like I look at it and uh, I was I talking to Joe Prasad. Oh, easy. Well, yeah, where do you, you <laughs> just build a castle and move it forward? Yeah. Same as Deep King with Firestone. It's dependent on the mission, right? If you just yeah. go into the central objective ones, or like pick two and go, right, I'm going here. Like focal points. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, was, I was talking to Joe, and I was like, I maybe drop a stone mage and try and like find the points for a unit of dawn riders to give you some yeah. flexibility. Drop um, those archers, you don't need those. Just put more, drop the sentinels nah, out, put some horses in. No, nah, definitely forty archers is the sweet spot for me. I think they're just <laughs> they're like they're, they're, the problem is though, it's like with the mortal wings are a bit sort of spiky. Like when I played Breakspear, like they shot off the crawler in a one air, like. And then I played James and I failed to kill like a war chanter on an objective with 20. You just, sometimes it, it you never know where you're going to pop those sixes. Um, I think Dave and James both had quite a lot of magical defense. And as soon as they realized that, like, I didn't really care about any of my other spells other than Sun Metal, you know, which is the um, Mortal Wings on fives, um, they were like, right, we're stopping that straight yeah. away. Um, and it's probably just a four up. Let's say just an after save on someone makes it half as effective as well you're shooting right you just someone's just gonna have a four plus save and your hero is twice as survivable as it would be yeah i mean it depends on some of the stuff as well as like you almost forget that sentinels when they shoot the normal shots actually go through as well it's yeah. like oh there's the mortal wounds and you're like oh hang on i've got all these shots that have hit as well <laughs> so i better roll these just um, did against but... me and just roll like eight fires on ten dice <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um so i've i feel it's probably a good segue to talk about um yeah, yeah. if you're if you're sort of wrapped up on that oh but yeah 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 like this we can like if anyone wants to hear more about the luminous stuff like just slide into my dms on twitter and i'll, I'm happy, I'll talk luminous luminous until the case come home but yeah it'd be nice to cover off dave's list because actually it was a very different take on feck yeah thought, so nice i i wanted to cover this because it's it's an interesting thing about um we talk about the shooting meta and magic and things like that so fleshy is not very good against shooting as you probably know i mean this is an anti-shooting list by any way shape or form but what um dave's list i thought was very interesting so i thought i would talk <laughs> about it um so he's actually gone for feast day so not gristle gore not blister skin none of the others so it's he's got no formations which is really unusual for flesh eaters because they're command point hungry um and yeah. they also they don't like to be out dropped um which this list does struggle with that but it's uh it's the command points is the big thing because normally you run a formation just to give you the command point um because that they just need them for yeah. for feeding frenzy basically and all the other abilities so particularly gristle gore because it's even more hungry with the um the ability to fight when you die um it's so very similar to the big wild list at the same event i think even yeah. though it's completely different yeah very similar ways. principles and the the principle behind this was reliable magic so 
um, Dave's gone for Feast Day. And what that allows you to do is gives you a um, Feeding Frenzy for free each turn. That's both players' turns. So that's effectively 10 command points over the game, which is just amazing. And what that's allowed him to do is because he's got less points in formations and things, he's got min free as 10 crit goals, and the rest is Zombie Dragons and Terror (laughs) Geists. So basically... He's gone for two Terrorgeists, uh, a Zombie Dragon. He's got the Arch Regent, who's his um, general. He's got Dark Wizardry and a Dermal Robe, which gives him plus two to cast and unbind. The spell he's got is Spectral Host, which is the gives you the fly, uh, the run and charge. So um, if you yeah. cast it on a, I think it's on a 10, you could do three units. So if he casts it on an eight, because he gets plus two, he can make all three of those Terrorgeists and Zombie Dragons run and charge. So it's just a let's make this reliable um, uh, and, yeah. and go for that. I think it's on a. I'll just double check that. I think it's on a ten, but um, it's uh, very super strong. Yeah, it's very similar I'm, to the principles of my things, but as they said, just well, I want move, so I need I need plus to cut. Yeah, and I think as well, it looks very light on bodies, but essentially you've got four heroes that can summon things. So obviously, like your arch regent can bring on. Um, either 20 ghouls or a Vargulf or a unit of three flayers or horrors and then the zombie dragon can bring on I believe is um, terror guys bring on the big guys so and I think the the zombie dragon brings on a Vargulf so I'm pretty sure that's right it's been a while since I've played my flesh eaters so I'm I'm just want to double check the spell or when I can actually track it down in the book it's somewhere nestled amongst Path to Glory and other wonderful it's really things. Flex, really flexible summoning. Being able to drop a Vargolf next to 20 ghouls at the edge of the table is uh, probably what happened to Les, I imagine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's like, when you brought the ghouls on, it was like, it was. Yeah, I've not done a particularly good job of screening it out, um, but it, it just being able to go on, contest the objective, and then sit there and just heal. And he had the, I believe, Vargolf next to the ghouls as well. Yep. And it yep. was just like a case of me not being able to, you know, not right. being able to do enough damage. Um, yeah, so. and he's he's quite light on wounds, but obviously summoning a lot on. He obviously has the uh, throne, which allows you to hide your arch regent because you can put it and stand behind it. It gives you your free summon. Uh, so that actually makes him quite hard to shoot off. But plus two yeah. to cast and unbind and he gets two spells, it's really strong because you've got the plus three attack or D3 attack spell, and then the all three of these units are going to run. You've got the spell from the Zombie Dragon, which is the reroll wounds, the Unholy mm-hmm. Vitality on the Terror Geist, which is I want to um, uh, give me a five up, ignore. Um, and obviously he's got the Gruesome Bite on one Terror Geist, which is on a six, you, you do, you're, you're do rerolling your bites, and then on a six you do more wounds. Um, and he's got the, you know, his monstrous figure spell, which means you fight at the top of your profile. Um, and, you know, it's. I think it's just really good that he's got he's got this very nice. It's all about the monsters, but he's not playing Gristle Gore. The chalice as well is really good for healing. Um, if you're especially if you're grinding through big units, I hate the chalice. Yeah, chalice is so good. Um, yeah. So I, I think for me it was it was quite an interesting because there was two things that Feck don't like. Spells are really important, so he's gone, I want plus two cast. Um, so getting your spells off, but also stopping enemy spells is important, so he's got plus two to unbind. So that's that's straight away, he's got one model, which is that Arch region, which is like lynching <coughs> of his army. Yeah. He's gone, I want 
big guys because they do the work and they give me units. So I've got minimum core just to get there. But it's command point heavy, so I take feast day, which allows my command points to be, be used for other things because I get a feeding frenzy a turn for free. And you know, normally you're playing the game where you're like, oh, I, I've run out of command points. And he's actually got an extra command point as well. So, you know, he starts off on two, but he gets a free fee- feeding frenzy. So effectively, you could feed in frenzy with all three of the dragons on the t- first turn because you start with one, you gain one for your turn, yeah. and then you get one for free. Freebie. So if you yeah. get all of them with one of them, a plus three attacks with the Brazilians, they're running and charging. They get into you on turn one. They all go twice. You're like, it's horrible. So um, I think it's a particularly good list. And obviously the screams is is still good as well because it's double double terror guy screams. So um, I I know there are some variant lists for flesh eaters kicking around. There's like a blister skin variant. There's a gristle gore variant. Um, I think Feast Day, I think Matt Leon's run it at the Tomlin event as well, Feast Day, with, uh, but he had the Corpse Bear Stampede instead of the Chalice and a few changes. I think for me, like I was just I was just kind of when he put the army down and it was like, it's Feast Day, I was like, oh, that's interesting because I haven't played Feck since, you know, for a while and obviously there's been a few changes and tweaks, but it's that move away from I've got to buy a formation to give me the command yeah. point to allow me to use my ability, which is the best thing in the book, to I'm just going to ignore all the things that Gristle could give me, all the fifth blister skin gives me, and just take it right back to the basics. And um, I believe the artifacts are only available, and the sort of the um, trait is only available if you if you go into the generic feast day rather than from the others. So obviously, because you're forced to take different artifacts, so your magic's not mm-hmm. as reliable. So. It's got a game plan, hasn't it? That's the biggest thing mm. looking at, I think. It's, it's just it's very well considered. It knows what it wants to do. It's trying to do that more and more reliably. And there's a little bit of a kind of a, a nod to flexibility and what you might struggle with. Yeah, I think it's fun as well. I mean, like, who doesn't want to push three big flappies around <laughs> yeah. and bite people? Scary. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I think the, the Arch Regent, <laughs> you know, plus two cast and bind is, is just super solid. Um, obviously, the little gas caught you in there for... for you know, giggles, whatever he's doing in there, but probably just a shell. Um, but we, it was, yeah, it was a good game that me and Dave played. It was the closest game I had all weekend as well um, against the, with the Giants. So I think, yeah, super good list. Um, I think it's got a lot of game in it. It's not, I wouldn't say it's like top edge competitive, but it's like, it's certainly decent. Um, Toolbox. Yeah, I struggled to write. I had a guy contact us and asked to write some armies for an event. And uh, he said he had flesh eaters, and I struggled to write a list which fit into the the compad. The, the pack had some weird restrictions in it, which hurt flesh eaters more than yeah. probably needed to. Um, if it was a normal event, it probably would have been all right. But I I just just couldn't come up with a a list which I thought was going to be competitive enough. Um, particularly with you saying there's quite a lot of KO around, so I was thinking, well, feck will immediately drop down a little bit. Um, but. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought it was a decent list of it. You know, Dave's been playing Flesh Eaters even back before they got their their latest battle tome. Um, yeah, he's OG and he OG Flesh Eater. Yeah, player. so uh, I just thought I would share it, and I asked Dave if it was cool. So uh, that's his list, and uh, if you've got a Flesh Eater army and you want to try it out, push it around. Let us know yeah. you get on. Um, tell us it's rubbish in the comments and how you're going to shoot it off on the first turn, uh, or yeah, yeah. or if you enjoy playing with it. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, that was it. So it was a good good day of gaming. It was. I'll I'll put Dave's Twitter handle in the description as well. So if you want to like slide into his DMs on Twitter, I'm sure we'll be happy to um, answer questions. Uh, or if you want to ask him a question in the Facehammer Discord, he's Neck Bromancer, I believe, in the the Facehammer yeah. Discord as well, isn't he? So um, I'm sure we'll be happy to um, any budding flesh eater quartz players answer any questions. Yeah, he's quite active on the Discord in the Dev section. So if you want to join the Dev Bros on there, then just uh, come on solo. Don't let's banned for the death. Don't get the cool aid. Wait, I'd like to seg- segregate like, the death section. Change the dark order. Up. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People who know will know. Um, yeah, uh-huh. definitely no, drink the cool aid. No, you won't. Definitely don't drink the cool aid. Is it a way thing? No, it's a, a wrestling thing. They oh, actually okay. have cool. They actually drink the cool aid to join. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> there you go. That's moving swiftly on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think I think that about wraps up the show. So, just want to say thanks for watching, um, like yeah, and subscribe, cheers. and all that stuff that the YouTube gods want us to do. Um, yeah, do, do feel free to send us like send us a battle tome and a required theme, and see what we come up with as well. We enjoy the challenge, and I think there's definitely some some interesting things. Well, you've on, got some requests on your there. previous video, Byron. So I'm waiting for your yeah. Trogoff army that um, so you've been asked to do. Uh, yeah, okay. of trogoffs. Um, so once you've masterminded that. that, we will do a video on it. So I have to pick on the spot. But thanks for making it so easy, guys. I yeah. really appreciate it. <laughs> I think I think literally people were just there, like, what's the hardest thing I can write? So um, yeah, yeah. But uh, pick yeah. an army that all of us like, like lizard men, a seraphon, because we love. Yeah, don't lizard. do that. I'm, I'm not, don't I'm, do that. You just no. need a dartboard in the book anyway. I'll I just I will, disclaimer this before we get another one. Byron comment that um, yeah. that seraphon are very. <laughs> <laughs> why has he said that about my army? I love Seraphon. No, honestly, um, I do plan to to look at them, and I want to do a show on them. Actually, um, I asked a few people who know more about it to come on to talk about it um, because you know it took me a bit of time to read through the battle tome and come up with ideas, and we've been a bit distracted by giants and things. So, uh, but yeah, definitely, um, definitely able to. So, anyway, um, thanks for watching, uh, and we'll speak to you all soon. Bye. Cheers. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>